Hey, this is Davy Flowers, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's special bonus episode, we interview Davy Flowers. Davy just got off tour with Maverick City. He has a new album out called I Was Loved. You can catch Davy on tour this Christmas. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. And do you know who Torek is? Does that ring a bell? Torek? No. A seven-year-old named Torek? Who loves corn? <laughs> Have you not seen any of these videos? No. Oh my goodness. So everything changed for seven-year-old Torek when he slapped some butter on an ear of corn. <laughs> He knew it tasted good, but butter made it better. Um, He actually went to South Dakota um, this past weekend or whenever, and he was named the South Dakota's official corn ambassador. I'm going to have to play a clip of the corn video now so you will understand and then also our listeners will understand. For me, I really like corn. What do you like about corn? Ever since I was told that corn was real, it tasted good. Did you think corn wasn't real? But when I tried it with butter, everything changed. I love corn. Mmm, corn. Do you think everyone should be eating corn? No, not everyone has to like <laughs> it to be the best. Yeah. Everyone just has to try it. Have a bake. <laughs> what else are your favorite things? I play a variety of games. Hide and seek, hag, never lob a monster. Yeah, mostly cold. I mean, then look at this then. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's corn. It's corn! Because corn is awesome! Can you describe corn to someone who's never tasted it before? A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. It's the part that mostly makes me like the corn. How much do you think corn should cost? One dollar. I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. A corn-tastic day? <laughs> okay, so that is... Wow. That is it. But there has been... So it... it of course, it blew up on TikTok and YouTube. Over 8 million views on YouTube. Yeah. And then then a guy did a remix and made it into a song. And that has yeah. over half a million views. <laughs> yeah. And now Corn. he's just been named South Dakota's Corn Ambassador. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I like you know? Corn. <laughs> I like corn. I went to I a, honestly, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever had, there's a restaurant in Kentucky called Mark's Feed Store, and they have deep fried corn on the cob, and it's really good. It doesn't sound good. I'm probably not a big corn fan like he is. No, I'm not that big of a corn fan. I will eat corn. Um, corn on the cob is better than normal corn, of course. Uh-huh. But Mexican street corn, have you had that? Mexican street corn's good. It is good. Uh, I will say another way I love corn is with mashed potatoes, but you have to mix mm. the corn in the mashed potatoes. Corn pudding? I love doing. 
love doing that. Oh, I love corn pudding. I have a great recipe for corn pudding too. Corn so sick, good. corn gumbo, corn. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So Let yeah. us know. Let us know if you are a corn eater and, and if you, like you eat corn. corn, you like it with just butter? Did it change your <laughs> did it change your life when you had butter on it? <laughs> it was so much better. <laughs> That's awesome. That little boy. Let's get him on our podcast. No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, recently we got to sit down with Davy Flowers. Davy, uh, she is a wonderful uh, artist in the CCM world. She is with Shane and Shane's uh, label, the Worship Initiative. And uh, she was just on tour with Mav City, uh, Kirk Franklin, Ryan Ellis. And uh, they went to several you know, cities phenomenal tour and she has an album called i was loved that's out it's a wonderful album check that out uh, so enjoy this interview with davy flowers davy thank you so much for taking the time and speaking and chatting with us this afternoon thanks for having me really honored and grateful to be here yeah. so you just finished touring with mav city and kirk franklin ron ellis and house fires and all those incredible groups so how was that experience you know, that experience was pretty much all encompassing, right? It was just like the full spectrum of emotions and highs and lows and in-betweens. Like it was really the first tour for me ever. So for me, it was just like a huge learning experience. Yeah. You know, Sleeping the on a sheer bus. scale. <laughs> Sleeping on a bus, no personal space. I'm introverted yeah. for sure. So I struggled with that. I had to like figure out some healthy rhythms to keep myself sane and grounded and centered because it was just like constant chaos and movement every day, all day. Um, but I feel like God gave me a lot of grace in that because I think I really was able to, you know, a few weeks in establish like a really healthy yeah. uh, rhythm for communing with the Lord, for staying connected with my community back in Dallas, for staying in the word and keeping, you know, doing, keeping my diet and health together. So it was awesome. I was absolutely humbled and honored to get to be a part of that scale of an event. Like I keep telling yeah. people, it's probably for sure the most epic thing I'm ever going to do, you know? Um, I don't know that it gets more epic than that sort of arena tour, but what, what I walked away with, you know, being most encouraged by was just the fact that in the like cultural moment and climate that we're living in as an, as a, as a nation and as the church, you know, where we are tempted to believe that the church is losing its relevance. Mm -hmm. You've got thousands upon thousands of people packing out arenas for a faith-based purpose, you know, Absolutely. like who are hungry for God, who want to worship, who want to be stirred in their faith. So that's what was like deeply encouraging and compelling for me. Like Jesus is alive and the church is alive and people want to worship him, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it yeah, was awesome. We we spoke with Ryan Ellis a few weeks ago and asked him pretty much the same thing. And I said, how was it like performing with the goat of gospel music, Kirk? I mean, I, I said, did you ever go out there and like lead revol revolution with him or stomp? And he's like, no, man, that, that was all him by himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, Ryan Ellis and I were together. We were both a part of house fires and sure. we opened for the tour. So we were the ones that kind of got to, you know, set the, set the mood and get the place ready for the goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So how did you get your uh, start and, and music and worship and, 
Yeah. So I did not grow up in the church, did not grow up in a Christian family or like any sort of like spiritual awareness on any level. It was just kind of, yeah, just there's no no real hit, uh, legacy of or history of faith in my family. And mm-hmm. so um, grew up in a pretty chaotic environment, single, young single mom, raising my brother and I, just doing the best she could to, to raise us. Uh, but just because of the nature of the circumstance and like, uh, you know, my mom being young and not having a ton of support, that meant we just had a lot of st- instability. Like we moved a ton. There just was constant movement, people in and out of our lives. And so uh, for as long as I can remember, music and singing and creative expression has always been um, just a safe space for me to kind of like make sense of the world and like connect with my own heart and mind. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when I got radically saved as a teenager at 13 years old, a friend invited me to church. Um, It was the first like safe place that I knew uh, where, you know, I was I was being loved unconditionally, pursued unconditionally, cared for unconditionally. And it was through that, um, through the hands and feet of his people that, that God really drew me to Jesus and opened my eyes to the, the, the depth of my depravity and my need for a savior, got radically saved as a teenager. And so, you know, naturally I channeled and funneled all of that, uh, you know, uh, creative expression and music and writing and singing into worship. And so uh, pretty much for as long as I've been a believer, um, worship music, um, expressing my devotion to the Lord through creative means has always been at the center of just connecting to God. And, um, you know, up until really like two years ago, uh, not even like maybe a year and a half ago, I I was always pretty content for uh you know I I, I always felt called to to full time ministry and what that's looked mm-hmm. like for the past ten years is I've been on on staff at two local churches on just kind of like on the ground doing the stuff of you know day to day local church ministry and up until two years ago a year and a half ago I was like pretty content with that I never really had any aspirations to be an artist it mm-hmm. just kind of happened through the yeah. Lord's providential leadership and relationships and all of that. Um, And so now I'm kind of living in a moment where it's kind of incredible that I get to um, do what I do as a vocation. But for me, what makes it glorious is I get to do it with, with people that are really like-minded, like-hearted, like just about the stuff that matters, you know, Christ centered, Bible saturated, local church, uh, oriented. And so I'm, yeah, I'm just living, living the dream. And, uh, that I kind of like glossed over a lot of my story, but, uh, yeah, I've kind of been on this like really beautiful journey of spiritual formation and spiritual discipleship, um, growing in my faith and communion with Jesus, um, since I was 13. And as the Lord has, has kind of like had it, I've gotten to be a part of pretty much every pocket of the church like i've yeah. i've been formed and impacted by every pocket of the church from the far charismatic end of the spectrum to the far reformed uh uh you know side of the spectrum and so i kind of sit in this like beautiful place of like i just have a, a deep love and appreciation for and affection for the whole broad big c church because the yeah. lord is used pretty much the whole church to, to play a part in my, my own heart's um, pursuit of Jesus. It's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, So, you know, worship music really, you know, it's been around like popular, I would, I would say is the word 
since the early or late 90s, early 2000s, really when Sonic Flood came out and did their thing. And then you had Michael W. Smith re- releasing that worship album in 2001. And, uh, you know, Delirious and all those people like basically uh, laying the ground for something incredible. So from then until now, you know, you got, we got Map City, we got you, we got uh, Shane and Shane, uh, all these wonderful worship leaders and, and pastors. And so what, what do you see? How do you see how, uh, how has the culture changed over the years in worship? And, and where do you see worship going and, and continuing uh, within the next, for the next generation? Yeah, um, I think the moment we're sitting in right now is that people are desperate for authenticity. You know, we've kind of been on this journey with the the worship movement where, you know, when, when it started with like all the guys you talked about, even before yeah. then, like the vineyard, like Catherine yeah. Scott and all that kind of stuff. It was just like simple and pure and right. accessible and like anybody could grab a hold of it. And there was really no like cult of personality at all. It's like, mm-hmm. we barely remember any of their names, you know, it was yeah. just like this very, yeah. And so I think we've kind of through the years, things, kind of the pendulum kind of swung towards like very personality oriented, you know, uh, very like high production, all the things, which there's, there's a lot that we can celebrate in just the Mm -hmm. gift of like how modern technology has allowed the just music to progress through the years. But I think what I'm seeing is like, and what I'm praying for, and I'm seeing like bits and pieces of it here and there of just like, you know, uh, heart, the people's hearts are just desperate to kind of get back to that expression of like simple devotion when it comes to worship. Like I'm, I'm hearing more and more kind of people doing, you know, more like stripped back, scaled down. A lot of people are like doing hymns again, or like, you know, um, more like thoughtful, contemplative, prayerful. Um, And so I think in the times we're living in where it's just like, we are living in this constant barrage of like, you know, um, yeah, social media and, you know, political polarity and just like all this stuff going on all the time. And I think what our hearts desperately need and what I'm realizing people desperately want in worship is just like um, an expression that is um, just simple and unapologetically biblical and uh, not oriented around a specific person or their personal expression or uniqueness, but like the church coming back to the, the, the place of just being, being the body of Christ where we unapologetically honor him and treasure him as the head over us through our worship, through our singing, through our expression. Um, and so, yeah, I just see, I see things like moving back towards a place of authenticity and simplicity and yeah, just scaled down, pure returning to the heart of worship kind of stuff. Amen. That's my prayer. That's what I'm desperate Amen. for. Amen. I, I, I'm in agreement yeah. with you. So, so you're a worship leader at Watermark Community Church, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And you got a new yes. album. You're you're on Chain and Chain's label, the the Worship Initiative. Uh, you got a new album out. I was loved. Can you uh, tell us about this new album? Yeah. So I was loved is really composed of like all of the 
prayers that I have brought before the Lord in the past like 10 years. It's just like every song, there's like a touch of like things I've been wrestling to believe, like God's God's nearness to me uh, in the midst of like confusing and uncertain times and circumstances or, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling with, you know, struggling to believe that I am fully seen and known, accepted, wanted, loved, delighted in by God, not because of my merit or performance or any, any output, but simply because he decided before the foundation of the world that he was going to adopt me and I was going to be his. Um, And so every song is just like, it's just an, it's an offering of like honest prayer and honest wrestling with truth. And um, I think once the, the, the title song kind of sets the tone for kind of how, how I want the rest of the record to kind of land on hearts, which is I was loved as like my testimony in a song. It was like, I sat down and I went, you know, at the end of my life, when this whole thing is over, um, when my best years are behind me, um, what, what is the banner that I want to wave and, or the statement that I want to be said about who Jesus is, who he's been for me, just the common thread through through my history with God. And the two things that stood out as I started to just like survey my history with God was one that, you know, um, the un- unyielding, uh, pursuing, like overwhelming, constant love of God chasing me down, entering into my story, coming after me, uh, framing all of my experiences of faith. That is an undeniable, undeniable fact. So I look back and I go, I have been loved by God and I've been loved lavishly. And the other Mm -hmm. thing is Jesus has been sufficient. Like he's just been enough. It's like, even as I've held all of these, you know, several deferred longings within my heart's heart of things I'm still waiting for and longing for and praying for, even with all of that, uh, I can't deny that like I've given since I was 13 years old, I have fought to give Jesus my all, my heart, soul, mind and strength my life, my gifts, my, all of it. And he's not disappointed. Like he's been sufficient. He's been enough to fill and satisfy every fundamental longing of my heart. And that's true. It's been true. It's true in this present season and it's always going to be true. And so uh, the whole record is just uh, a proclamation of, um, you know, my personal confession of who God is in character, in nature, in reality, and how that's impacted um, the my life and like the real stuff of my life in like very tangible um, ways throughout the past, you know, 17, 18 years or so. Yeah. Wow. So <clears throat> this is a podcast uh, by Christian music fans for Christian music fans. And from time to time, we'll let our listeners know who we have coming up that we're interviewing. And we had a fan reach out to us um, and had a question for you, Davey. And they're from Kentucky. Her name is Karina. And she loves your song, Nothing Left to Say. And she's wanting to know the story behind that song. Yeah, so actually, Nothing Left to Say is the one song on the record that I did not write on. (laughs) Um, And so Nothing Left to Say was written by Shane Bernard and uh, my worship pastor at Watermark community church. Um, they wrote it together and I, I'm not even, I could like make something up, but I truly don't know their process of how they (laughs) kind of came to that song. But it was, for me, it was a song that I, I always, like I was always finding myself throwing in sets. I just like love singing about 
the the holiness, the majesty, the transcendence, the the yeah glory of God in simplicity. Uh, and uh, so for me, when I was sitting down to figure out what song to put in my record, because that song, I, I kind of like have taken it on as my own because I lead it all the time. Sure. Uh, it just made a lot of sense to put it on the record. Well, for the fans' sake, you could say it took you 10, 15 years to write and, you know, just <laughs> have some incredible, you know. <laughs> you I wish. I have so many songs. I'm like, <laughs> there's like so many songs. I'm like, I wish I would have wrote that song. There's, you know, and that's one of those songs where I'm like, I wish, man. It's so, it's so amazing. But awesome. now I didn't write it. Hmm. Well, this next segment is just simply your favorite things. I'm going to give you a topic and you just give me your favorite thing. Uh, okay. So for the first one, what is your favorite food? I love noodles. Noodles of all kinds. Okay. Like, uh, like pho, ramen. Yeah. Mostly Asian, like pho, ramen, yeah. stir fries, that sort of thing. Okay. Great. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Sister Act 2. Yes. <laughs> love that movie. I, I watched that every year in high school. Um, well, funny story. We would go to Gatlinburg every year in high school to sing, uh, like in the nursing homes and stuff. And really, it was just an excuse to go to Gatlinburg for our principal. But he took us, and we would do choir things. And every year on the bus, we we lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and from Gatlinburg, so it's like a five-hour drive. But we would watch Sister Act Two and always sing Happy Oh Happy Day and and all those songs on there. Yes, that was fun. And then I hear yes, and they're making a part three from what I hear. So, no, I hadn't yeah, heard that. I heard I heard Tyler Perry is is doing it, and Whoopi's signed on to do it, and so we'll see. I don't I don't know what to expect, but wow, interesting, Tyler Perry. Yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Madi will show up on there. <laughs> uh, what, what is? Do you have a show to binge? A show to binge. Can I be honest? It's probably The Office. Oh, yes. <laughs> I could, I could binge The Office all day, every day. To be okay. honest, yeah, you're like the fourth uh, artist in a row that we've interviewed that that says that. So you're good. I mean, it's we love The Office. So <laughs> it's true. It's just it's unmatched. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, do you have um, a favorite artist of all time? favorite artist of all time mm-hmm. i mean Christian if it's gonna matter. be all time if it's gonna be all time it would probably have to be whitney houston okay just because i'm like she's probably one of the few artists that i know her whole catalog backwards and forwards and anytime i listen to her music there's just this swell of nostalgic yeah. delight well uh, and- so definitely whitney she's when you're in the mall or Walmart and I want to dance with somebody comes on, you can't help but just, to, you know. Exactly. Slow down a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have a dream duet? Ooh, that, that's one that's like realistic that it could actually happen or just like we're going. Just whoever. Whatever. Yeah. I think a dream duet would probably be like PJ Morton. PJ okay. Morton is one of my favorite like current artists and I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of him but he's kind of like new school R&B soul nice. um, that would be unreal yeah I would love that mm-hmm. do you have a uh, favorite ice cream flavor <clears throat> favorite ice cream flavor mm-hmm. 
Butter Pecan. Butter Pecan. Uh, favorite podcast that you, that you listen to? Ooh, I'm actually really loving the Bridgetown podcast right now. Bridgetown okay. Church. It's where John Mark Comer used to used to pastor. He doesn't anymore, but I do find myself listening more so to the older podcast when he was there. Um, uh, there's this random podcast that Kev on stage does. He's uh-huh. like a uh, online personality comedian. Yeah. Uh, it's called yeah, Here's the funny. Thing, and I listen to it probably every day. It's yeah. just, it's just a really hilarious, like nonsensical commentary on social things happening, <laughs> and it's amazing. A few, a few years back, he did a video on in Hall. It was like Halloween season, and he went into a Halloween store <laughs> and rebuked everything he saw. It so was, funny. It was so hysterical. I mean, just amazing. So yeah, I remember that. That's your, a classic. Your, your third podcast that you listen to would have to be. Christian music guys, possibly. Christian music guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe moving forward. <laughs> and you have a go-to verse. Ooh, go-to verse. I love all of Ephesians 1. So that's okay. a go-to chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's all about our identity and all the things that we've inherited in Jesus that we do not deserve. I just find myself always returning back to Ephesians 1 when I just lose sight of, yeah, just who I am and where this whole thing is headed and why any of it matters. Um, So I would say, yeah, all Ephesians 1. So what is next for Davy Flowers? What do you got going on coming up in the next few months or years? What is next? Yeah, I mean, the next few months, I've got quite a bit of traveling, like just kind of doing a bunch of random stuff which i i enjoy i just love like so i was you know i think i mentioned i was on local staff churches for staff Mm -hmm. local church staffs for like 10 years and so i didn't really get to go out much and just experience you know the different ways that the lord's moving in different parts of the country and in different you know congregations and now i like mostly i'm more like itinerant and i mostly uh, travel so i just get to almost every every weekend go out and experience the lord moving in various places and so uh, these next few months are just packed. Like we're doing a bunch with David Platt on college campuses, which I feel like I'm most excited about that. Um, it's kind of like crusade style, evangelical, hitting yeah. college campuses. Um, right. Yeah, doing a ton of writing. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Well, that's awesome. So to wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God has been doing in your life recently that would help to build our listeners' faith? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> coming off of tour, I have... Okay, so while I was out on the road, I in having different conversations with people uh, and just kind of like being exposed to like the, the condition of just how the church is doing in various parts of the country, I just, I walked away, like, I didn't really realize that, like, post-COVID, like, it's just the struggle bus, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so many people are deconstructing their faith and, like, you know, kind of untethered from the local church and just kind of, and, like, lonely and isolated and, like, you know, like sheep without a shepherd, just kind of stumbling a little bit. And uh, I came back with this, like, desperate desire to um, 
fight to be as close to Jesus as possible. You know, like I out on the road, I just realized like my own propensity to wander. Like I realized the depth of my depravity and that I'm like, I, I, yeah, I just came back more desperate, more needy, like wanting to like fight to return back to that place of like simplicity of devotion and abiding in Christ in a way, like in a, in a way that is like consistent and that I fight for, that I prioritize above all of other things. Um, and so my encouragement for people would be as the Lord's been encouraging me that like, uh, it really does like walking with Jesus on his terms really does work. There really is life for our souls. If we would fight to abide in him, fight to commune with him, fight to make room in our lives, um, to, you know, get in his word and, and, you know, have the Holy Spirit expand and elevate our view of God and stir the affections of our heart for him. And, um, and so I just would encourage people to keep running the race, like keep coming back to the table. Like it really, like prayer really works. Uh, consistency in the word of God really works. Um, and his grace is still sufficient, even in the midst of like really confusing times where we're all going, where is any of this headed? Uh, I feel the Lord encouraging me that like, he's, he's going to sustain his people the same way he's been sustaining them since the, since, since the inception of the church, you know? Uh, and so um, lock back in, lock eyes with him, do the things that, you know, stir your affection for Jesus and, and fight to stay there. Um yeah, that's a good word. Uh, you know, I really do believe um, our best days are, are yet to come, and I believe that God uh, is up to something amazing, and we're on the brink of a, a major outpouring of of the Lord. Mm. And I just know that God is moving and He's moving on the hearts, and He uses people like you um, to lift people up, encourage people, and to draw people closer to God. And so that's a good word. So. Davey, how can our listeners keep up with you? Uh, socials, um, website? Yeah, so I'm mostly, as far as socials, I'm mostly active on Instagram. Okay. And that's just Davey Flowers on Instagram. And then we also have a website, DaveyFlowers.com. And then you can also find a lot of stuff I'm I'm doing on our worshipinitiative.com website. Yeah. Those would be the main awesome. three places. Yes. Now, I was just saying... I was just saying, where obviously, wherever you listen to music as yes, well. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Davey, for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jacob. Well, thanks for listening. And thanks again, Davey, for taking the time with us. We really appreciate it. I had a great time. We are a listener-supported podcast. You can find out more on ChristianMusicGuys.com about how to become a part financially. Follow us on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. Thanks again. See you all next week.